0: K Cunningham goes shot for shot with Kevin Durant in the Pistons' last loss against the Brooklyn Nets. We'll talk about that game, what we saw from Kade and his teammates, and also talk about some struggles that we're seeing over the last few games from some of Kade's teammates. All in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are locked on Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the locked on podcast network your team every day what's the deal welcome back to another episode of the lockdown Pistons podcast I'm your host per usual Kuka Hill you can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day we are free and available on all your podcast platforms you can also find us over on YouTube if you haven't went over to YouTube and supported the channel yet make sure you go support the podcast at that subscribe button over there. We really appreciate it. We're trying to get to a thousand subscribers by the end of the year. So once again, go check out the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Um, I want to apologize for not getting a podcast out Monday morning. Um, I'm sure you guys could probably hear it a little bit in my throat. If you're watching this on YouTube, you could probably see it a little bit. I am extremely sick. I do not have COVID. I did get tested. Uh, I don't have COVID. I am vaccinated. Uh, So thankful for that. But, uh, really bad allergies. I'm assuming my throat is absolutely killing me, um, but yeah, I had to. I had to get you guys an episode. I originally tweeted out from the Lockdown Pistons channel that I wasn't going to get an episode up today, but I started to feel a little bit better. Uh, I can get some sentences out without coughing and 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 you know falling apart. So I was like, you know what, let's go ahead and try get through this episode and get them one, and hopefully I start feeling better. Uh, But, yeah, that's why we didn't have an episode Monday. I apologize for that. Hopefully I start feeling better moving forward. You guys have to deal with this raspy voice. Um, But, yeah, anyways, let's talk about what we saw from uh, Kay Cunningham and the rest of the team on Friday night. So I went to the game against the Brooklyn Nets. First of all, absolutely fun game. We're going to talk about the environment and the atmosphere of the game soon. But I just want to say an absolutely fun game. Uh, Kay Cunningham put on an absolute show. Uh, he did struggle from the field, and he's struggling from the field throughout the season right now. So if you go look at his percentages right now, he's shooting 23% from the field, 14% from deep. Uh, He is shooting 93% from the free throw line, getting there three and a half times a game. But he's struggling overall from the deep – not from deep, uh, from the field. My apologies. Um, But if you watch the games, you should come away encouraged either way. You know that once he gets his legs back, he's going to be good. He's going to be straight. Everything's going to be all right. But just watching him, the way he handles himself, the way he's getting the shots he wants, like he's creating the space and taking these jumpers with confidence. Once he gets his legs back, these are all going to start dropping much more efficiently. Uh, but especially, you know, in that fourth quarter against Kevin Durant, he scored eight points against Katie. I believe him and Katie both scored eight points. Uh, and I can tell you this right now, as someone who was in the stadium for this game, I haven't seen this much excitement and this much. What's the word like love and just happiness and 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 yeah, just excitement around the team and so long. Uh, when K. Cunningham he hit two threes in that fourth quarter. When he hit that first three, I thought the building was going to erupt. I haven't heard LCA that loud, and even the last few years at the Palace, I haven't heard it that long and so long. Uh, maybe the Pistons playoff game against um, the playoffs when Blake played his first game in the playoffs. There was a de- decent crowd there, and they did get wild a little bit for him. Uh, but outside of that, this game was fantastic, and fans absolutely are so excited to watch Cade and Cade. Anytime he does anything, the fans just erupt. But especially in that fourth quarter when he was hitting those threes, he hit the runner as well. Um, but fans were just going crazy over everything he had, or everything he did. And then when he hit that three in the right corner to get to pull the Pistons within one with I think like two and a half minutes left, it, 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 the building legit was just going so. It was insane. I was I was I was celebrating myself, but everybody was just losing their minds. It was it was fantastic atmosphere to be a part of. I'm happy that the Pistons fans and the and the Detroit Pistons community has something like this to really rally behind, be excited about, be happy about with Kay Cunningham. Like I know when the Pistons won the number one overall pick, I told you guys I came on here and said when I go to the court, I've been here nonstop talk about oh, we got the number one overall pick, blah, blah. Most I've ever heard the Pistons get talked about. I went to the court again on Saturday right after the game um, and the day after the game, I should say, and there was people again talking about, Oh yeah, we got ourselves a good one. That man, Kate Cunningham's a monster. This, 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 and that, like, it's just, I haven't heard this much excitement and talk about the Pistons overall in so long. So it's, that's really good to hear. Uh, but yeah, KD said nice things about Kate after the game as well. So he's looking forward to seeing how his career goes. Uh, he had been in communication with him since high school and see him grow how he has Kate. Him and Cade also swapped jerseys at the end of the game. So, you know, Cade's a fan of K, – K or KD is a fan of Kate Cunningham's game. Uh, and that was nice to see and nice to hear about. But, yeah, Kate Cunningham, again, he's struggling from the field shooting-wise. Uh, but if you watch him play and you see the things that that we're seeing in specific moments, you one, you can already see that he's a guy that wants to go get the ball and he's ready for that moment and he will, goes and tries to take the moment. That's good. And then also – He's just creating so much space for his jumpers. Uh, if there is one thing I would like to say that I'm a little, I'd like to see him improve on a little bit more outside of him, just making more shots. It would be the fact I'd like to see him pass out more drives possibly. Uh, but that's not that too big of a deal. Uh, either way, I thought Kate looked really good uh, despite his shooting percentages. Those will rise up. But like I said, I just, it's it, it really exciting to watch Kate Cunningham play. I'm happy Pistons fans have something like that to follow. Uh, and yeah, that's all I've got with that. Uh, the game was close uh, towards the end of the game. It looked like that the the Nets were going to pull away a little bit, uh, but like I said, in the fourth quarter, the Pistons kind of made a run, and K would had a big thing to do with that. Uh, we have to mention at least the Isaiah Stewart and Blake Griffin tangle up. Uh, if you remember last year when Blake played his first game back in Detroit, him Isaiah Stewart and Bay all seemed to have gotten into it uh, during that game, and then in this past game. Isaiah Stewart completely, like, stepped over Blake and was just powering over. I don't really know why it led to that, but um, it is what it is. Isaiah Stewart is a very physical player, and and Blake's one of those players, as you guys know from watching him for a few years. He's definitely one of those guys who sells contact, sells everything, is a, is a bit of an actor on the court. Uh, so he probably was pissing off Isaiah Stewart, to be honest. Uh, but once it happened, all the fans were just screaming and nonstop "F Blake, F Blake, F" like they were chanting it. Uh, and it was, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, you guys know that I, how I feel about Blake's time in Detroit. I was a real big fan of his. He was my favorite Piston. But uh, when you do that, if you're going to go at the players twice now since you have returning, you're basically asking to get booed, um, and you're basically asking for that kind of treatment. So can't really complain about that. And fans definitely had a reason to kind of go at him over that. Uh, Even though the Nets ended up winning, Isaiah Stewart getting into it with Blake Griffin definitely was kind of fun to see. And it was entertaining from that perspective. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the players that I feel like are really struggling right now and kind of need to be, I feel like some of them are floating under the radar a little bit. And we need to kind of talk about their struggles because, uh, it it's it's been going on for about five games now, and we're gonna talk about it. Just not, I guess I was gonna say it's that big of a deal, but definitely a big enough deal, deal where everyone needs to be watching it now and talking about it. But that's when we come back. Before we get into that, though, let me tell you about some of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you about Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forget about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. This link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill current surge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions, so you don't have to. Truebill also has over 200 200- 2 million users, I should say, and help save them over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash mba Go right now, Truebill.com slash mba It could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash mba Then let me tell you about Price Picks. All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you have not checked it out yet, you're missing out. I'm telling you. You are going to love this app. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interception zone. All of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code NBA you pick. Two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks allows mixed sports entries, such as you can take the over on, let's say, K. Cunningham uh, points combined with the under on, let's say, Jared Goff's passing yardage, which is almost every single game. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and easy and offers fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is the only fancy made easy. I love it. I know you will too, but let's go ahead and get back into some of the Pistons games. Uh, Actually, you know what? Not the Pistons games. Some of the Pistons players. Sorry guys. I'm, 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 I'm fighting through this. I'm fighting through it. Let me take a sip of this water. Actually. I need to refresh my refresh myself real quick. Um, I want to thank you guys again, by the way, for making lockdown Pistons. Your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you have not checked us out on YouTube yet, we are over there. We are trying to get to a thousand subscribers by the end of the year. Even if you don't want to watch it on YouTube, you like the podcast version. To simply go support the podcast and hit the subscribe button over there, we really appreciate it. um but yeah, since Kate Cunningham's returned, obviously all the focus has went to Kate Cunningham. And like I said, very obvious. It, it makes sense for that to happen. Uh, I feel like we've been focusing a little bit on Killian Hayes, obviously because. I'm one of those guys and, and one of the people out there who's going to talk about Killian Hayes. I'm, I'm pretty high on him, so I make it a point to talk about Killian Hayes. Uh, and at the beginning of the season, we were talking a lot about Sadiq Bey. I say like the first three or four games, we were talking a lot about Sadiq Bey. Um, but we haven't been talking about him as much lately, and we probably should start talking about him a little bit more now. Not for good reasons either. So as you guys know, I was very critical of Sadiq Bey in the offseason. I talked about, you know, I, I didn't want to see him create as much with the ball instead of wanting to be him to expand his 3 and D game and, you know, kind of perfect that kind of game and work on those kind of aspects. So aspects. But then to start the season, he kind of proved me wrong throughout the first like four or so games. And he was looking really good with the ball in his hands for where he was last year. He looked like he had made a a large jump and it was nice to see. Now that was the first four games. However, the last five games has been in a serious struggle for Sadiq Bay. And all season, honestly, has been a real struggle for Sadiq from beyond the arc, which is really weird. He's shooting 28% from deep. Uh, We talked about this a few podcasts ago, I think. But the Pistons desperately need that 40% catch-and-shoot guy. Like, yes, do they want to see Sadiq develop his game and develop other things around his game? Yes, they do. But they desperately still need that guy who's a 40% catch-and-shoot guy to space the floor and help, you know, one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league hit some threes. Uh, and when, you know, when that's supposed to be your bread and butter, you're not doing that, everything else that you're trying to add to it, it's kind of like the – it hasn't got to this extreme, but it's kind of like what I was saying about Luke last year. Like you could see – you could already see like with Sfi at like, you know, a month into the season that he had improved other parts of his game but didn't really matter because of his bread and butter wasn't hidden for him. And it's supposed to be – the other things that he was developing was supposed to be to play off of his bread and butter. So, And when your bread and butter is not hidden for you, The other stuff doesn't really matter because you're not elite at that stuff. You're elite at your bread and butter, and you're trying to, like, add stuff to that. Kind of the same thing happening here with Sadiq. Like, you wanted him to add those kind of things to his already great outside shot. Right now, he's not hitting his outside shot. So, therefore, like, the rest of the stuff isn't really hitting as hard and not really mattering as much uh, because the Pistons need that core elite uh, skill that they drafted him for. And that was even when, in the first four games, when he was playing well in the other areas, getting to the rim, drawing fouls, hitting a large majority of his shots at the rim, et cetera. That was, that was in the first four games. Now, in the last five games, he's not doing good at either of those things. He's shooting poorly from beyond the arc. He's shooting poorly inside the arc. Uh, he's just, he just hasn't been good at all uh, the last five games. And that's just being honest. So, in the last five games, Sadiq Bey is shooting from the field on 12 attempts a game. He's shooting 26% from deep. He's shooting 66% from the free throw line. He's only averaging nine points a game. And Basketball Reference has him as a minus 12 when on the court. So he hasn't been good. He's been struggling mightily. So all season has been a struggle from beyond the arc. I've said this over and over again. Am I worried by him from beyond the arc? Not really. I think he's going to eventually get back into the group. He's an elite shooter. He has been his whole life. It's not going to be something. I really don't think that's something that you should be concerned about long-term-wise. I think he's just in a slump right now like the majority of the Pistons team is. They're just in a slump. He'll eventually crack out of that. Um, but the rest of the game, I told you guys this at the beginning of the season when everyone was saying, Koo, admit you were wrong. And I admitted I was wrong. I was, I was hoping to be wrong. If he was going to continue to play that well, you know, I would be happy to sit here and say that I'm wrong. And Sadiq Bay has proven, me, proven himself right and move on. However, I said that it's something that we need to watch for the, the rest of the season. Four games is not large enough sample size to really say it's completely like completely better, completely all there, etc. And it's something that we need to watch as the games play out. Uh, and as the games have played out, ever since the Pistons' fourth game, Sadiq Bay has been just. I, I don't want to say just like I don't want to get like demonstrative with it, but he's just been really, really bad. Uh, the, the, I'll say the one thing that he has shown that is like a legit improvement, even with his shooting struggles, is that I've said this, I think a few podcasts ago last week, that he's been better playmaking-wise. He's making easy passes when it's there. Like when he pl- runs the pick-and-roll and he has an easy drop-off to a guy, he'll make that pass. Uh, if he's running a pick-and-roll and the big man converts to him, he'll make the easy pass as a steward or whoever's rolling with him. So he, he's been making those easy passes. That's something that I feel like has actually been a legit improvement by him. Uh, And I feel like every now and then he gets into this, but I don't feel like he's forcing the issue as much as he did towards the end of last season, second half of last season, even in the summer league. Um, I I don't feel like he's demanding the ball and really forcing it as much. Uh, He does it every now and then, but definitely I think he's made a step forward in that in that department. But as far as just making shots from inside the arc, uh, he's looked worse and worse as the seasons went on. He looked really good to start the season, but as the seasons went on, he's looking worse and worse and worse. So it's going to be something to watch to see if it's something he's going to be able to get back to playing well and 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 start hitting those shots inside the arc. Uh but like I said he's shooting 30% from the field. That's not good at all. 26% from deep. The Pistons desperately need I mean I'm going to he- keep hammering this point home. The Pistons desperately need him to get back up to towards 40% from deep. This team is is in just searching for <laughs> for anybody to hit some shots from beyond the arc. And they definitely need their best three-point shooters to start hitting shots. And Sadiq Bey is, is supposed to be their best three-point shooter, and he's just not doing that right now. So, in my opinion, am I, do I really care about the inside-the-arc stuff? I mean, if they're going to keep doing it, yeah, I do care about it. But I care more about him getting his three-point shot back up because the team needs it. I think it's critical for him. It's critical for players like uh, uh, Kay K- Cunningham and Killian Hayes. And it's critical for the Pistons to have success. If Sadiq was hitting around 40% of his threes, I'm assuming the Pistons probably have won at least two or three games because uh, that's that's how bad badly they've needed outside shooting and how close they've been in some games without that three-point shooting. So they definitely need that. Uh, as far as the other stuff, it's going to be a year-long process. It's, there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. Sadiq Bay, just like any other player, like we talked about with Killian at the beginning of the season, has to push through a, a wall. Uh, you're going to have struggles. You're going to have highs, all those things. So right now Sadiq's in the middle of a, a down a down slope right now. He's he's hitting a wall. Will he fight through it? We'll see throughout the next few weeks. Uh we'll be watching for that. That's something I'm gonna be watching for very closely. Uh, because going to going from around <clears throat> excuse me, going around 47, 48% from the field to shooting straight down to the next five games at 30% is 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 really bad. Uh and he's shooting 66% from the throw line. He's not really getting to the throw line, but still uh that's that's not good either. But yeah. Um, Sadiq needs to play better and there's going to be something we need to watch for uh, when we come back we'll also talk about some other players that need to play better uh, that have struggled as of late and we'll continue some of the conversation we were having on last week's podcast on Friday about Jeremy Grant but before we get into any of that let me tell you about another one of our sponsors rockauto.com You you have a part for your car head to the store go through a ton of confusing questioning just for one of the workers to tell you that they don't have the parts that you're looking for I know I have. That's why you should avoid all these problems and rock with another one of our sponsors, rockauto.com. Buy whatever part you're looking for on your computer or in your hand on your phone by using rockauto.com. Don't worry about having to create an account or making a membership. Just head over to rockauto.com and start shopping. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest and most reliable prices. Head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their hot did the hear box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So, again, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, go check us out on YouTube. Support the podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Even if you don't want to watch it over on YouTube, just go support us over there. We'd really appreciate it. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. So, go help us out over there if you haven't already. I'd really appreciate it. And also, I forgot to tell you guys at the beginning of the podcast, I'm in a... I'm trying to fight through this, this sickness. I completely forgot to tell you guys this, but today's episode was brought to you by Rockado. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts the call ever ever need. Visit rockado.com and tell them Rockdown sent you. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, Jeremy Grant. Well, we just got done talking about Sadiq Bey uh, and his struggles. Uh, and Jeremy Grant also had a really bad game against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, he shot 0 of 9 from the field. Um, He just didn't look very good on the floor at all. And it's something that Jeremy has been very up and down throughout the majority of the season. Uh, The game before against the Philadelphia 76ers, before the Brooklyn Nets, uh, he had 27 points and 11-22 shooting. He played really well that game. And then comes out against Brooklyn on the second end of a back-to-back and just plays really, really bad. Um, The second end of a back-to-back obviously has something to do with, I guess, players. some players usually struggle on the second end of a back-to-back. But still, Jeremy's been very up and down throughout this season. And there's something, like, like we talked about last week, um, there were some times in the end of the Brooklyn game uh, where it was very clear that the Pistons were moving towards Kay Cunningham being their closer. And you guys remember last week I said that that's something that they needed to do very quickly and and would be the best for the team because I just don't think Jeremy is that guy. And he's proven that he's just not that good with the ball in his hands at those time those type of moments. With pressure on him and doubles coming to him, extra attention from defenses. And you saw that in the last game against Brooklyn. I believe I saw James Edwards, the third of the Slate, tweet out that Kate Cunningham had a usage rate of 38% in that fourth quarter. And that was good for the Pistons. It kept them in the game. Cade played well in that fourth quarter. He answered the call. Um, and Jeremy Grant, you know, I he, obviously he's not going to shoot over nine from the field every game. He's going to hit shots, obviously. Jeremy's a good player. Um, but I just wanted to point out that I thought that was a good move by the Pistons to, you know, I'm sure at some points this season throughout the year, and, you know, not every game of K. Cunningham's career, he's going to have the ball in his hands every single time. It's not, I mean, every player doesn't have the ball in his hands every single time at the end of the game. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but I, I hope that this game is a sign for the future, that the Pistons are are slowly but surely going to start committing to Kate as their closer and start using Jeremy Grant as more of an off-ball guy, get him moving, and stop asking so much of him at the end of games with the ball in his hands. Because I think he really does struggle at those points. And as we saw against Brooklyn, they looked much better with Cade having the ball in his hands. And if Cade, not Cade, if Jeremy or Sadiq or anybody really hits any shots, the Pistons could have stole one against Brooklyn. Because uh, James Harden was really struggling. I know you guys saw that brain fart he had, by the way, where he just like let Jeremy, uh, why do I keep saying Jeremy? He just let Sadiq Bay come and take the ball. Uh, after it went past uh, the half-court line, he was just walking. And Sadiq Bey just came up, ran, took it, dunked it and Jeremy heart and just looked like he just didn't even know what was going on. He didn't even look like he knew he was in an NBA game at that point. And also, if you're watching James Harden throughout the season, he looks to be really, really struggling with these new rules about the free throws um, and the fouls. So, you know, I, I would say that James should probably stop hunting for free throws all the time and just play damn basketball. I'm so happy they did this with the rules. Watching guys constantly hunt for shots or not shots, but constantly hunt for fouls and hook guys' arms and just flop and all this stuff. It was so bad to watch. It was really getting – I was really getting sick of watching it. It was just – it was terrible. So seeing him completely cut down on it, even if it means swallowing the whistle or a few foul calls, I think it's good for the game. And and players like James Harn, who are great players, need to just stop trying to take the easy way out and try to fish for fouls and just, you know, go for the easy shot. Just go for – actually try to score the ball instead of trying to get to the free throw line. It's just, I'm really happy every single time I see James Harden get called for offensive foul for hooking a guy. I, a smile pops up on my face, but anyways, we're getting off topic a little bit, but yeah, I'm happy the Pistons converted to Kate as their closeout guy in the last game. I hope that's something they do moving forward. Um, but outside of that, I don't really got much else to talk with you guys about. We got the Pistons game coming up Wednesday against the Houston Rockets. We'll have one more podcast before that game. But, yeah, the Pistons are going to be playing a, a lot of rookies in the upcoming few games. It's going to be literally Cake Huntingham versus the entire rookie class, basically. Uh, not really, uh, but you guys get it. He's going to be going against Jalen Green on Wednesday. He's going to be going against Evan Mobley on Friday, Scotty Barnes on Saturday, Davion Mitchell next Monday, Dwart next Wednesday. Uh, and then he'll finally get a little bit of a break if, I mean, not even really a break. Uh, because the Warriors, if they play Kaminga, he'll be going against Kaminga there. And then finally, the rookie, you know, the, the going against rookies will stop against the Lakers. But yeah, the Pistons literally go against multiple lottery picks and multiple guys uh, who are considered to be rookie of the year contenders in the next five games. So it's going to be real interesting. I'm sure the headlines are going to go crazy. I'm sure, you know, ESPN, debate shows, uh, the cake hunting is probably going to be talked about a lot, whether good or bad. Uh, but I'm going to tell you guys, not to overreact over the next five games, no matter what happens. If Cade gets let's say K gets outplayed or he struggles on the field in some of these games. I just need you guys to understand again. I'm sure a lot. Of you, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys understand this well. You guys have exhibited this, but for anyone out there who hasn't, you know, listened to the podcast and have had concerns about Kade at all, simply by looking at his shooting percentages, Kade um, again had an ankle injury and he missed multiple weeks due to where he missed the entirety of training camp. He missed the entirety of preseason. And if you go before that, he hadn't played real 5-on-5 five five basketball because of that since the summer league. So we're talking about two and a half months, I believe, of not playing basketball. All he had went through. Um, so, or like legit 5-on-5 five five basketball getting in shape. So he, he's still trying to get his legs under him and nothing, no practice, no workouts, no nothing set you up for live NBA basketball conditioning. Unlike playing actual NBA live basketball. Uh, so he's still getting his legs under him. And, you know, eventually his shooting percentage will rise up, but it's going to be a while. It's going to be like I, I said to you guys last week, I think two weeks. I think next week he'll probably have his legs under him. I think that's when you start seeing him really start take over the rookie of the year conversation. Um, but, yeah, don't overreact to what happens. I know it's going to be great storylines, great narratives to be running running with. I know Fans are going to talk about it a lot. Uh, fan bases are going to be going at each other's throats over it. I get it. I get all of that. Uh, but don't I, I wouldn't put too much stock in any specific game. Dwayne Casey said, you know, they're not going to get into Cade versus the rookie, just the Detroit Pistons versus the Houston Rockets or the Detroit Pistons versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. And that's how everyone should look at it anyway. So uh, don't put too much stock into it. Of course, unless KCM goes out there and dominates, then you put all the stock you want into it. That's how it goes. When things go your way, you put all the stock into it as possible. When they don't go your way, you don't look too much into it. That's that's how it goes. Uh, but, yeah, I, I for real, though, I wouldn't put too much stock into it if K continues to struggle from the field a little bit shooting-wise. As long as he continues to create the space he is and continues to shoot the ball confidently, you really should not be worried about him at all. He's just getting his legs under him. But that's all I've got for you guys today. It was really tough to get through this episode. I'm sure you guys can hear it in my voice. I'm starting to get really hot. Uh, I desperately need some water. Uh, but <laughs> thank you guys for listening. I, I fought through it for you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Hopefully my raspy voice and and, and the way I sounded wasn't too bad and you guys were able to enjoy the episode. And Hopefully I start feeling better this week because we do got a big game against the Houston Rockets and Clarence Green. So I I really would hope and really would like to not be sick when I'm previewing and and reviewing that game. But anyways, thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. Like I tell you guys at the end of every podcast, make sure you guys go check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball. If you guys are into fantasy basketball, Josh Lloyd is doing a great job over there. Talking about all fancy basketball things, giving you tidbits, insight on who to pick up, who to drop, who to start, etc. All those type of things. Make sure you guys go check it out. Again, make sure you go check out the Lockdown Pistons YouTube channel if you haven't already. We are trying to get to a thousand subscribers by the end of the year. We're sitting around like four hundred and thirty, I think it is right now. So help us go over there. Even if you don't want to watch it on YouTube, just go over there and support the channel. Hit the subscribe button, and then can go back to listening to us on all podcast platforms. But until the next episode, hopefully my voice is better. Hopefully I feel better. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out, everybody.